Reading Eggs is a multi-award-winning learning program that helps children learn to read. Based on scientific research and designed by literacy experts with 30 years' experience, it's proven to help kids learn to read using interactive reading games, guided reading lessons, fun activities, and over 2,000 digital storybooks. Reading Eggs has already helped over 10 million children worldwide. Programs for ages 2 through 13 use the five essential keys to reading success. The program unlocks all aspects of learning to read for your child. With no credit card requirements, visit readingaggs.com forward slash media for more information. That's readingaggs.com forward slash media. Hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, one of the things I'm most thankful about? What? That my mother taught me to love books. Yeah, my mom and my dad taught me to love books, too. And and that was always, that was I think that runs in the family, because I remember Grandma used to give me books, and Mom used to give me books, and I've never stopped acquiring them. And I've never stopped loving them. And I was telling somebody the other day that when we go down to the lake in the summer, one of our traditions is everybody gets money to spend on used books to bring with them. Right. And it's something everybody looks forward to. They make a list of what they're going to order to take to the lake. You know, but Hal, I remember, it was a couple of years ago, we were doing this session on what gifted kids really need. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned giving them time to be kids and to read kids' books. And a father came up to me very puzzled because he said, I've been, you know, my child learned to read really early. And she's five years old, and I've been telling her, don't read those easy books. And I don't let her read picture books. And I was scandalized because Mm -hmm. there are very good reasons to read picture books. And so we're visiting with Hal's mom this week, and Mm -hmm. we invited her to join us for a discussion of why kids need to read picture books. And I need, just need to say, my mom is Norma Young, and she is a veteran of school libraries for decades. And She was a children's librarian for how many years? 26. 26, 26 years. 26 years. We are delighted to have you with us here. Right. You know, so what would you say to that dad who thought that his child shouldn't be reading easy books? Oh, I think they're missing a lot of lessons that are taught in those picture books easier than you can sit down and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You miss a lot if you miss the picture books. But right now it seems like they're pushing children to read at a certain level and they jump through a whole section a whole world of children's picture books. It's sad, too, because there's so much richness in the picture books and and culture that we depend on knowing. You know, when you say, well, that politician, he's just making stone soup, you need to have read the story Stone Soup to know what you're talking about. Well, you know, there were several books by E.D. Hirsch back, it's been a few years ago now, but they were based on the idea of what your 
what your first grader needs to know, what your third grader needs to know, and it was it was really a matter of cultural literacy. Yeah. That that you you understood references to things just like an educated adult used to be able to recognize, oh, that's a quote from Shakespeare, or that's a quote from the Bible. Or that's a reference to a Greek myth. And young kids were expected to understand, you know, there are nursery rhymes that kids used to always learn, and there were picture books that those of us who grew up watching Captain Kangaroo <laughs> got, got very familiar with Make Way for Ducklings and Hats for Sale and a lot of those Caps for sale, yes. Caps for sale, yeah. And a lot of those things, you know, they were just part of part of growing up. So did you Mom, in your in your career in, in the time that you spent in the schools, did did you see a shift in the philosophy of library science, if you will, that, that they were moving people away from collecting those books for the younger kids? Oh, we whenever the technology came along Mm-hmm. It made a big shift, mm-hmm. and I hate to put I accelerated reader is a commercial reading tool that if it's used and the way it was intended to be used, it's a really good thing. It helps the teacher mm-hmm. kind of know which um, ability level they can go to. But if they skip all those. Uh, Thin books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's too bad. Um, well, I heard about a teacher sending a class back to the library because they hadn't gotten thick enough books, and that kind of horrifies me. I was horrified whenever that happened at, at the school, and I was in a K through three school. Most mm-hmm. of my experience has been in K through three. Although I love the fourth and fifth graders whenever they came back to uh, in the switching around mm-hmm. but those fairy tales and someone told me one time when you talk about the three billy goats gruff and and how horrible it was and and they didn't think they should read that to the children because in that book it says I'll spew your eyeballs out your ears Children love to hear that because it was justice. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was justice for being treated badly. And um, there are lessons in those books. And the little red hen I saw the other day where somebody on Facebook had written, that was something every child should read because the little red hen found the seeds and asked, you know, mm-hmm. for friends, who's going to help plant this? Not I said one, not I said the other, not I. So I'll plant it myself, and she did. And it goes on through the story of planting it, the wheat grows, they cut it. Mm-hmm. Every time she says, who'll come help me do this? Not I, except the cat and the dog and the mouse. Uh-huh. And she ended up doing all of those jobs herself, and then whenever she got the bread back, she said, who will eat this? And they were I will, I will, I will. And she said, no. And that's part of the Bible, too. It's, yeah. you know, we all work, and right. you get your rewards, mm-hmm. and you and you help. There are just lots of lessons in there that are funny, but they stick with you. They're memorable, mm-hmm. and they stick with you because they, they're in the form of a story. You know, how not tell a lot of stories when we speak, because we find that people will remember the story which helps them remember the point. Without the story, they can't remember the point. But yeah, bringing back, going back to something you said earlier about some of those fairy tales being frightening, 
I read a study where they did sanitized versions of the fairy tales. They gave them new endings that were supposedly kinder and gentler. Mm-hmm. And the, the child, and then they read them to children and they compared the reaction of the children to the new fairy tales, the sanitized version versus the old version, that the sanitized version frightened the children far more because evil was not destroyed. When, when evil is destroyed, the children are, comfort, are comforted. What is it? Somebody said... It was, it was C.S. Lewis. Yes. C.S. Lewis said that children need to hear stories with dragons in them, not because they need to believe in dragons, because they do, but rather they need to hear that dragons can be defeated. Amen. That and, exactly. And, and I think that's, you know, yeah, I think that's the lesson of, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk and, and Little Red Riding Hood and all the rest is that you can you can thwart evil. Yes, even you can fight when, back. Even when evil seems to, to be winning, that you can resist and you can you can overcome it. Even when evil seems incredibly powerful, and that is a lesson that children really need these days. Mm-hmm. When there's so many predators and so many people trying to hurt them, they need to know that evil can be fought, even evil can be thwarted, that they can become safe. Well, recently I've seen and I'm not a big fan of technology, but I do mm-hmm. I do look at it ever so often. But mm-hmm. anyway, recently I've seen uh, reports where somebody has stopped the traffic to let uh, animals cross. Mm-hmm. And if you've read Make Way for Ducklings, mm-hmm. you know that that was a kind thing to do to help out another mm-hmm. um, being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they're, they're just... Um, too many lessons in there to miss. And even when they are reading much faster than Go Dog Go or mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss's fun mm-hmm. books, when they are reading on their own, they still should not miss the good stories. Absolutely. Oh, well, so it, it, bring, it brings fluency, too. Mm-hmm. That reading stories over and over and over again makes them more fluent in their reading. It makes reading easier, which makes them want to read harder books because they're easier. And it's, it's kind of fun whenever you say, well, you finished that. How long did it take? Well, see how long it'll take you starting right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, how fast can you read that page and get all those words? And they start out looking at pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's part of reading, too. They're learning turn the pages, go from left to right. Mm-hmm. Context clues. These words have yeah. something to do with whatever you see in the in the picture and even a lot of times on the title page. It will show a, a hint of something that's, that story is about without even knowing any of the words. Mm-hmm. You know, kids can be so obsessive in those ages and they can hear that story a hundred times and, and love it. Love it every single time. I want you to use the same voice. So, you know, mine, that I, the, the little engine that could, I read that book a million times. We had six sons. Yeah. And I, every one of them wanted to hear it a hundred times. And I read that book a million times to those kids. Yeah. And I hated it by that time. I mean, I really did. My, and, and, my, my stomach would sink when they picked that book up. And, and how many times to this day in our maturity do we say, well, I must rest my weary wheels. I said it yesterday. I, yeah, I always said, and I said something to one of my kids the other day. I, I was quoting the, the Berenstain Bears. You know, say, 
this is what you do not do. <laughs> you know, that thing is stuck in my head. And I don't know if it was from when I read it as a child or when I read it to my own kids. But, you know, that, and that's one of the things, too. It's not just, it's not just the experience of reading it or having it read to us when we're little, but then when we turn around and read it to the next generation, that's that's like tying little little bands, little connections. Well, one of my favorite books for very young readers is Have You Seen My Duckling? Uh-huh. That's the only sentence in the book. But every page, the mama duck is looking for her duckling. And in every page, the illustrator has put that duckling in a different place on the page. So you have to look and realize, Mm. although the words are the same every time. um, And have you seen my mother? Yes, I love that one. I love that one. That's not my mother, that's a snort. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, one of my favorite picture book stories is years ago, we had loved Make Way for Ducklings. And you had a business trip to Boston. Mm -hmm. And so I took the kids downtown, Mm -hmm. and we went to the public gardens. Well, first we went to a corner bookstore, and we bought a hardback copy of it. Oh, yeah. And then we went in the Boston public gardens, and we read the story, and then we rode the swan boats there. And I will never forget, I think it was Caleb was maybe three, and... the, the ducks comes home and he said, Mama, Mama, Grandma, and he said, It's Mr. Mallard! I mean, his whole year was made. And, and all the grown-ups on the boat smiled because yes, they remembered the story. They all remember the story. And then you know. Matt, who was a little one at that time yeah. on that boat with me, I got a chance to read that story to his child yeah, and to tell him about when his daddy rode the swan boats at the public gardens and you know that that stuff is invaluable that's the stuff that memories and connections and our culture is made out of and to skip that because why because you want to be proud that your child is reading a higher level book or you think it no there is no educational benefit to pushing your children ahead to only read hard books or thick books what you want is a joy of learning and the joy of reading because that, that will have far more effect on their academics than making sure your second grader is reading a second grade only level book. Hey, we need to take a break for our sponsor. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to continue. We're going to talk about some more of our favorite children's books that we still like as grown ups, too. So hang on, we'll be right back. Are you interested in an award-winning online reading program? Well, look no further. With Reading Eggs, your homeschooler will enjoy a highly personalized learning journey designed to support them at every stage. Plus, you'll get four programs in one with your subscription. Reading Eggs, Reading Eggs Express, Reading Eggs Junior, and Fast Phonics. The interactive lessons are based on scientific research and feature colorful animations, fun music, and exciting rewards to keep your children motivated to learn. Visit readingaggs.com forward slash media angels to learn more about a 30-day trial that provides access for up to four children to all five learning programs. That's readingaggs.com forward slash media angels. 
Okay, we are having a conversation with my mom, Norma Young, who is a retired school librarian. She is a, a personal expert on children's books, and she has introduced me to so many of them, and my children to many of the same titles. Do you have a favorite? Is there just one favorite that you like the most? Oh, I cannot pick out a favorite. I've got a shelf full of my favorites that mm-hmm. I, I keep where the grandchildren can reach that shelf and, right. and pick them out. I don't know that I do have a real favorite. Too many of them. I, I still pick them up and read them. What about illustrators? Because, I mean, so many children's books, it's really a matter of illustrations as much as the the 25 words or whatever. But who are, who are your favorite illustrators? Oh, mercy. Oh, tell me, Piola. For one, I love his Christmas book. Uh, the Tommy DPL's Christmas has a million little things in it to look at and talk about. Every time we we look, we I say read it, but there's no words in the book. Mm-hmm. When we would sit down and, or was that Peter Spire's Christmas? That's Peter that Spire's Christmas. I'm thinking. Love Peter Spire's. Both of those books, just incredible to talk to the kids about. Oh, if you look, if you find Peter Spire's Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. You know what it really looked like on Noah's Ark because mm-hmm. there are no words except at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then he has illustrated where the camels were, what it looked like when the camels had been on there 40 days, or the cows, or the pigs, or whatever. Yeah, show them cleaning up after the animals because oh, it's a giant awesome. floating zoo, yes. Rosemary Wells has lots of uh, good books that are, a lot of the illustrators now have taken the stories and instead of people they have put animals in them because of diverse mm-hmm. uh, yeah. populations right. but right. Rosemary Wells has wonderful children's books that are just very simple mm-hmm. but they get the message across mm-hmm. and it's a family mm-hmm. um, rabbits or something mm-hmm. you know one of my favorites Hal that we've read a million times what? Goodnight Moon Yes. How many times we read that book, and I always get to the one where it says, and a little old lady whispering, hush, because by the time I'm ready for them to hush and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, um, we've had multiple editions of that, some paperback, some little board books, and uh, Lois Linsky. Oh, I, yes, uh, and I'm I'm thinking about, um saw a picture of the little house, oh, and yes. I used that with my primary children because one morning as I was going to school, a truck was pulling, moving a house. And so I took that and we made we made pictures of a street on one side of the paper and on the other side we drew houses. Or con- one side was country and one side was buildings and things. And we moved a little house back and forth. Um, there are just lots of fun things that you can do with them or talk about them. Um, you know, Katie and the Big Snow is one our, all of our little boys loved. Well, that was, I think that's the first one that I remember sitting down and reading, reading it for myself and thinking, yes, I remember this. I remember all of this. I think that's the first one John Calvin read, too. Yeah. But, you know, it's a very natural, easy way to learn about maps. Right. And all of our boys went from reading Katie and the Big Snow to drawing maps for themselves, drawing maps of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, yeah, all of those. 
Now those, the original those... Winnie the Pooh books. Oh, and those are still repeated um, in technology messages. Mm-hmm. Um, the original A.A. Milne stories, not the not the Disney versions, which have their own merits. Yeah, but the but, original. No, but whenever you see Pooh and Winnie the Pooh and and Rabbit sitting on a log, and mm-hmm. what day is this? Well, it's Thursday. It's my favorite day. It's not <laughs> Thursday. It's what day is this? It's my favorite day. There, okay, so one of our meme. girls just yes. snuck over here and handed me a, a note she'd written. She yeah. wanted to mention Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. Um, and we talk about that one a lot. Well, you know what? Mr. Willoughby's casserole. We talk about <laughs> Mr. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby's car. Mr. Willoughby's car. <laughs> Mr. Willoughby's furniture. We have passed things along to our kids. <laughs> I tell you what, one yes. that we think about a lot in our current political situation, the Emperor's yeah. New Clothes. Uh-huh. You know, are things really what everybody's saying that they are? Mm. Yeah. So are you, are, is anybody willing to to say what they actually see? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, a lot of these are like they're classics. I won't say old, but then I'll be aging myself too. But a lot of these things are like from the 30s and the 40s. Like, oh yeah. Like Madeline. Oh yeah. George and Madeline. And, Amelia and Bedelia. But, Amelia Bedelia. But you know, there's a there's there's good. There's good modern children's books, too, and they're, you know. Yeah. Oh, here's what I think about all the time when everybody's visiting us. So when we're down here at the lake visiting House Mom, and all the kids come in, and there's no room for anybody to sleep, and they're all over the floors and all sleeping out in hammocks outside, I think about the book When the Relatives Came by Cynthia Ryland. And and that's that's fairly recent. Oh, yeah. That's fairly recent. And and that's that's very current events for us. (laughs) Yeah. So, well. And if you're a granny, get our granny. Mm-hmm. And I've forgotten the author this minute, but it com- it lets you know there are different kinds of grannies around. Ah, uh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are a little wobbly, and some of them ride a motorcycle and <laughs> do different things. You know, um, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Winnie the Pooh. It's kind of interesting. You know, um, I read that A.A. Uh, a. Milne was actually a serious novelist and playwright. And he started writing the stories with Christopher Robin and his stuffed animals kind of because he had writer's block for the grown-up material. He was going through some some hard times in his life. And uh, we don't... I, I think his other stuff... I've read one of his mystery stories. It was a decent mystery story, but I'm thinking, you know, I, I just like Pooh. I like Pooh and Eeyore. And, and, yeah, that's okay. You're not going to be an Eeyore, are you? That's our, well, that's our service dog. If you give... A mouse a cookie, and that that um, author and illustrator have moved on so that mm-hmm. you can do that. Okay, if I give you this, yes. what's the next thing? What's the next what's thing you're going to ask for? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. you know, an interesting one. This is a very old book. It's hard to find copies of anymore. The Little Old Man Who Could Not Read. Mm-hmm. I read that to our kids when they were little. I did not realize that one of our boys were, at that time... I didn't realize that he was severely dyslexic. And he told me later as an adult that he remembered that little old man who could not read and it gave him hope uh-huh. that one day he'd be able to read. And he didn't read till he was 11, right. but now he's a college graduate and super successful in life. And loves to read. And loves to read. Yeah. But I didn't realize that, that reading that little picture book would uh-huh. give my boy hope. 
that he'd be able to read one I day. Think was, I think that was before he was even school oh, age. That, yeah, that, I read it to I mean, when he was probably three. Yeah, and but. But of course, he heard it as you read it to younger siblings. And too, he remembered and so, it when the so, t- when he yeah. needed it. He remembered it. Well, we, we are running out of time, Hal. Well, We've talked a long time. We could talk all day long about this, y'all. We have mm-hmm. on our site. We'll put a link in the show notes, mm-hmm. or you can go out to raisingrealmen.com and uh, and search on um, picture books. Okay. We have a list of picture books that every child should read. In fact, you know what? What we have a great reading package that we should give them okay and i think it's let me check you talk right. for a minute and i'll look this up okay well what's in this reading package that we're thinking about giving? that has all our book lists ah so like all the books that every well-educated child should read not just the picture yes books, okay it is called yes teach your kids to it's called um teach kids to love reading it's at raisingrealmen.com slash reading pack it has four great book lists, mm-hmm. three downloadable classes about teaching kids to love reading uh-huh. and about surviving struggling to read, mm-hmm. and discounts, too, on things at our site. Okay. So go get the Love of Reading resource pack at RaisingRealMen.com slash reading pack. And we'll put links on our show notes page, which you can find at HalAndMelanie.com slash radio. Right? You got a minute? Yes. yes. I... Made green eggs and ham the first year I went back after my children were back in school. I remember that. I made green eggs and ham from Dr. Seuss's story uh-huh. and had, I don't know how many first grade classes that I cooked green eggs and ham for them. And at several points over the years, have gotten the cafeteria to serve green eggs and ham and biscuits for breakfast, for lunchtime. Uh-huh. And now, lots of times when I go through a drive-thru, somebody will say, I remember. Oh, I have been I remember when you you fed us green eggs and ham. Every time I eat out with you, somebody will walk up with a memory Uh of you teaching them to love books. And lots of times they mention that. They say, I remember when you made us green (laughs) eggs and ham. We had a good time. I loved being with the children. I loved sharing the books with them. And... Still to this day, make sure I put books into the little free libraries that are around. I hope some are in your community mm-hmm. where children and, and adults can get them and continue their love of reading. And you know what? You can teach your kids to love reading. And you can do fun things like that with them, too. We hope that you will listen again. Okay. Go out to wherever you listen to us, whatever, however you listen to podcasts, and please rate us because it helps people find us. Absolutely. So... Look, we appreciate you joining us. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.